Welcome back to the Combat Chain. I am your host, Patrick, who's got two thumbs and three assassins to build. This guy, Shaw. And with me, as always, is my co-host, Adam. My floor is high. My ceiling is low. Wait, that's the room closing in. Help me. Philip Chuck. Adam, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. I'm, as always, I'm trying to wrap my head around the intro phrase you've chosen for me. Uh, part of that is in reference to our conversation about Briar earlier today. But yes, the room closing yes, in, I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm going to be honest, right over the head. Because <laughs> the floor is rising, the ceiling is low, It's because it's coming down. Because it's, it's a trap. Oh, <laughs> uh, oh, oh it's in, tra- in it's, reference to Riptide. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, and just a room closing in. <laughs> this is why the ceiling would be low. It would be lowering. Lower the ceiling would be moving <laughs> in an effort to compress you into a tiny thing. Have you ever I, seen? There is. I I think I brought this up once. I'm gonna bring it up again. There is a movie. It's a Spanish movie, I believe. It's called. I think it's called Tet's Room. But it's like one of these like hill, uh, like haunted house on the hill type movies. But it's where a series uh, or a group of mathematicians are brought into this mysterious mansion with like a letter inviting the, like the biggest brains to, to come in. And so they all get into the this room and like the, the host of the place uh, tells them they're in like a competition and, uh, you know, they're going to have to solve math problems out throughout the night. And like if someone com- comes out the winner, they they're going to win the prize. So the host leaves and then and then the room, the dining room they're in starts like closing in a little bit and like out in the middle pops like, you know, a pegboard and it's the you know, it's a math problem and it's abstract math things that happen. They got to solve us all the math geniuses got to do it and the room is just slowly moving in as they solve the problem and you know, the pressure comes on as the puzzles get more difficult and the room gets tinier and tinier, you know, they don't all make it spoiler alert, but you you have, you have brought this up before. Um, I can confirm. I do recall. Uh, and in fact, this gave me an idea for two drinking games. Uh, one is every time Pat brings up this particular movie, you take a drink, (laughs) but the one that'll get you drunk quicker is just whenever Pat goes off the rails, take a drink. Yes, absolutely. Uh, we have, uh, we're just going to bring him on so he's not hanging on uh, too long. Our guest this week is the leader of the Buds Discord and our best friend, Tommy Fresh, fresh off his shift of work. Tommy, how you doing? I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm in a few beers deep and ready to get, <laughs> I mean, I don't know what the hell the plan is with this episode. I know that you're going to have me on to convince me not to play Leviathan. Yeah. But then Outsiders News came on, so maybe I'm still playing Leviathan this weekend. So we, we have no clue what the hell is happening. Uh, oh, I'm happy I'll, to be here. I'll tell you what. I had a really – I was very ambitious, and we had a plan. We had – there was there was an idea here, right? It started when uh, you and I went on Twitter, and we said that we would solve this in a very special episode of The Combat Chain. So I st- the gear started turning. How can I make this into a very special episode? What does that mean? You know, it's a serious episode. It's something that, 
you know, something something dramatic happens. And so I I was going to stage an intervention for you is what I was going to do, a Leviah intervention. And so I was going to bring on uh, all the people that you know and loved and really care about you and uh, tell you tell you to just do something better with your life than play Leviah. And I was going to turn that into into an episode uh, where we would do a ProQuest preview season of all the different archetypes as people came on left and right and and tried to pitch you these other these other heroes. So it started strong. Um, and it really crashed and burned. I had it is Tuesday. I had this idea, Adam. I don't know. Was it was it thir- Wednesday, Thursday Last when I tried to yeah something like that. Tried to piece it together. And then, uh, and then I'm I am a father. I've said that before as well. Uh, my sure. five year old and I uh, flew solo all weekend, and he decided that uh, you know his sleep schedule was sleeping is like optional. A, yeah, well he slept fine, uh, but he woke up about three a.m. each morning for the last like three three nights, and uh, I I did not go to bed early enough for that to not affect me. So. My weekend was long and arduous, and uh, I I was going to get Gary was going to be one of my people. Uh, there there was others. We were reaching out to Michael Hamilton. Uh, we were reaching out to Rakowski. Uh, we were reaching out to some of the best players here in the game, and we were going to end on on a note here. And uh, uh, once Adam Adam, I think we'll fire up a stream for for you. to to listen on but we'll 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 hear uh what was going to be uh the the coup de gras of of that intervention episode (laughs) tommy you know what's good and it ain't leviah leviah is not going to get you these wins but we know you're a fantastic player you got the voice you got the looks you got the arms now you need to use those arms to place down cards other than those shadow brute you know what i'm saying uh, look, I feel you. She's a great hero, but she's not going to bring you the wins. It's got to be something like Fi. Fi, boring as can be. His weapon says two for three, doesn't it? Two for three? Like, oh, you know, if I think about it, actually, two for three. Two for six sounds better, doesn't it? Oh, you know who has a two for six? Oh, I guess Leviah has a two for six. Oh, all right, never mind. Just go with Leviah, man. You got this. <laughs> so, that is, that is Mansant. Uh, coming in, coming in hot with the Phi and uh, in the curveball at the end where he goes, screw it, go with Leviah. Uh, I mean, now- I, I, I gotta say, there's there's nobody better than Ethan, right? Ethan is just... He's a very good sport. He's a great sport. He gets it. He understands the, the plight. He he is just a he's a showman. He understands that as well. And that's mm-hmm. kind of why we do it, right? You know, we want to mm-hmm. make a show. We want to be because uh, losing to blood that sure sucks, but it's sure is exciting, you know, for for the viewer and what whoever else uh, the audience. But I do appreciate that message from Ethan. I'm going to cherish it, to be honest. <laughs> As you should, as you should. Uh, like I said, we're, we're awesome. going to kind of, we're going to leverage. I was going to try to get, you know, like as talk about Azalea and then be like, let's talk about Azalea as a ProQuest, uh, you know, eligible deck and be kind of a preview. But we know, are you, do you have, is it Hexagor Le- Le- Leviathan that you are, you're bringing here? 
next? I, I, so, so this weekend, I don't know when this episode comes out, but this weekend is Battle Hard in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be honest with you. I do not know where I'm headed. Uh, it's been a busy holiday season, and and uh, Friday is my, my birthday. So, like, I'm going to be busy all day Friday. You know what? And this might come I'm, out then. So, happy birthday, Tommy happy Fresh. Happy birthday. How about that? This is my Jason Voorhees birthday, Friday the 13th. Uh, yeah. And also shout out to Capolo, same birthday. Um, oh, wow. Friends are like twins. <laughs> I look just <laughs> like them. Uh, and I sound like them too. But I, I don't know. So I, I, I will say I'm on the fence with Leviah. Two different types. You know, I, I do get brought in. Like I guess my my gambler spirit definitely gets brought in by the the claws version with Blood Rush Bellow. I, I do really like Ethan's most recent Hexagore build. That's a lot of fun, and it might be well positioned. And then I am practicing a lot with Rhinar, and mm-hmm. and Rhinar's is is actually like a, a, a competitive Reiner's deck, a great right? Place yeah, let's see. Yeah, we can Rhinar. Rhinar is great. Yeah, Rhinar will win you games. Rhinar can win Reiner. you a tournament. Yeah, go for <laughs> it. Do you have Berserk? How do you feel about Berserk My, and Rhinar? I I I have a love hate relationship with Berserk because mm-hmm. I've seen it at its most powerful and I've seen it at its worst. Right? Yeah. I've seen the thirty damage turns. Right? That you yeah. you you get with that card, but I've seen it at the three damage turns that uh yeah. it was it was you know terrible so <clears throat> it gives I, me super super briar vibes right now and yeah. i think everyone knows how i feel about briar at the moment in berserk that the moment you miss on the berserk right it, the first time you put you put down like a reckless swing in the discard you're like all right <laughs> <laughs> i'm i'm also i'm also on the i've been playing a lot of Saber Dagger Bolton. Now this sounds even crazier than Leviah, right? But I, I think the I think the meta is pretty prime for this deck, so long as I dodge the Dromize and the Kanos, right? Uh, if I can play normal decks played by normal people, now I'm saying <laughs> you could be normal. Well, look, hey, <laughs> are you, you know? So what the makes, deck is good. What makes what makes the dagger? What is what di- what is different between saber 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 Bolton and saber dagger Bolton? So saber saber Do- Bolton, you know, is your typical combo Bolton with like Lumina, Lumina go Boomina. Just got the shirt, by the way. If anybody wants to check that out, not to like promote some other content creators' merch, but the card guys are pretty cool. Hey, um, we've had we've had Josh Lam on to the pod as you have. We love yeah. the card guys. Yeah, he's the best. And uh, so that's that's your typical go off with Lumina turn, you know, swing a bunch of swords, yada, yada, yada. Saber Dagger is built almost along the lines of the almost like Axis Dory in a way. Very defensive, mm-hmm. incremental um, value. The nice thing about Bolton is you get to play all of the good defense reactions you got sink below fate for seeing yeah. um and soul soul shield right soul shield mm-hmm. and 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 even i play the blue 
steel blade shunts as well so you get to mm-hmm, play mm-hmm. that full defensive suite and i'm actually putting an oasis respite as well yep. which is you know just hey that's a good card i've sounds found. sounds like you go you go fatigue here yeah you go a little fatigue i mean you, you're trying to get maximum value out of your valiant dynamos uh the nice thing about the the dagger gets go again if your saber gets go again and then you can follow it up with a on hit like snatch or or even um uh one of the the cards that goes into soul when it hits that gives you another option to give something go again Mm -hmm. it is a pretty cool deck and and one thing that i love is is hit and run in that deck because yeah it it works on regular attacks yeah. Right? You can go Saber, Dagger, Hit and Run, Command and Conquer for nine. Which, I mean, that it's pretty intense. Wait, hold on. Hold on. I'm telling you, man. Read the card. Hit and Run works on attacks. It doesn't, it doesn't say weapon attacks. It's just attacks. I'm here to say Hit and Run's the truth. What? Hit and run works on attacks. I'm actively looking. Why can't I find this? What's happening? Uh, syntax. Syntax. Here I am. Tommy Fresh from Fresh and Buds. Reset. Reset. On the combat scene. Hit and run. Dropping some knowledge. Your next weapon attack this turn gains Gogan. If you have attacked with a weapon this turn, your next attack this turn gains plus one. Oh, shit. (laughs) What the hell? Command and Conquer for nine. Here you go. That's oh, like man. Pa- Pablo Pintor chainless level. That's, that's, <laughs> that is, that's some hardcore stuff. Actually, I'm glad you brought that, that up, Adam. Me and Pablo Pintor are as close to the same level of play <laughs> that, that you could really Tommy just plays to... Levia because it wants to level the playing field, really, is what it is. I really do. That's yeah, that's why they call her Levia, because it's, it's 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 level the playing field. And it, you can probably fill in the blanks from there. Level uh, Yeah, no, Hit and Run's yeah. awesome. I've but always... This, this Bolton deck's really fun, and it's 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 it feels a lot like what Arachne is doing, but more efficiently. If that makes sense. How dare you? Sorry. <laughs> I mean, well, that's about to change, obviously. I think Arachne. I will say, in Arachne's defense, I know there are some people who trash it, uh, but its matchups, its bad matchups, are getting better. And I pro, I point to Dromai as mm-hmm. uh, a, a very polarizing matchup and the in the in the in the in the tight-knit arachne circles there we have we have gotten very close and i'd, I'd like to say that it might not be favorable and it might be a 50 50 at this point but it is not the 90 10 that it was like out out the gate it is it is a winnable matchup for arachne and you just have to fatigue them in in the correct way but you have to play right you have to have arcane barrier you have to have your poppers you have to be able to clear out their ash wings and you have to play as almost like as efficiently as possible the moment you the secret is it's not a secret but like you you don't care about their life life totals are meaningless in this game the moment that you focus on anything else other than their board state you're losing there's and there, there is no way to catch up when you do that so if there is anything on the board that you can clear out you get rid of it and you don't focus your attacks on them and Makes sense 
Yeah. On the con on the contract side, Arachne's ability still hits. So you have a bunch of zero for fours. So they they clear oh. out most clear out most of the dragons. Okay. The contract on hit doesn't work, but the Arachne ability still comes into play. So you're able to pitch stack for them in that process. So that game in itself is going to drag out uh, as you go. But as Arachne, if you pitch stack their defense reactions onto the bottom and just just fill them, fill you know, just fill them with unplayable cards. If if you get to that end game state, there's no more game actions for them at that point. And then you just you you just run them out uh, when it happens. But it's doable. All right, all right, Mara, are you listening? It's doable <laughs> as a rack. Okay. <laughs> um, but I so pro quest free environment over here. So I not a lot of pressure. But I have been playing a lot of. I'm obviously playing a lot of Rackney. Um, we have the deck tech video up with uh, with with Ollie Cornish. So check that out if you haven't. Uh, uh, it's picking up a lot of steam. But he he's kind of he's got the archetype. The you know he's got the optimal fatigue archetype. And there's been I was trying like a mid range type deal. A lot of nimbleism and nimbleisms come to fight and things like e strikes, which are valid. But it's not quite there and you sacrifice just enough on those bad like you can't win dromai with those cards and that that becomes the problem there and dromai isn't like the be-all end-all but you don't have enough real estate to run the mid-range so you run this fatigue package uh when you do it so i've been playing a lot of arachne a lot of dorinthia i've had a very spirited discussion about dorinthia before we got on the air with uh <laughs> with with sean um and uh and obviously Phi and bravo are i feel like there's i got i got them all i i got them all sleeved in the mm. same all sleeved all sleeved in the same i got these red dragon sleeves they're fury oh my god they're so pretty dragon shield sponsor us because i just want you can pay us in product just give me just give me these sleeves <laughs> i don't care they're dragon so good shield. Hey, yeah, listen, you want me to you want me to get it? Dragon Shield. <clears throat> get uh, Dragon Shield. If you're listening, and we know that you are, give these guys a little sponsorship. They're really doing the Lord's work out here, and and in <laughs> <laughs> closing, the combat. Sh- oh wait, that's not yet. That's a little bit later. Wait, I'm sorry, guys, but you know it's interesting. That was great. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> the the, the dro- you mentioned Dromai being mm-hmm. such a problem, and I you, you also say that it's not the end all be all, but I this is ProQuest, right? This is ProQuest season. This is not this is not callings. This is not a pro tour. This is a meta where people are going to play what they they want to play, and people want to play Dromai. Like I I, I think people really underestimate how big. <laughs> well, how big of a thing Dromai was for the game, right? Dragons, yeah. I have a local that plays Magic, and he's like, I play Flesh and Blood now because you can actually play Dragons in a competitive environment. Because, I mean, if, if you don't know, Magic Dragons suck. Um, but uh, for the most part, there was there's some there are some example oh you're right so i mean they cost a lot and they do big things and it's a lot of fun and you can do it in like edh or whatever but you can't do it in like your local modern or standard tournament and i don't think people play standard anymore but there there um, was three weeks in 
Khan's Standard with Khan's Fate Reforged and I can't think of the third set. But there was like a Rakdos aggro dragons deck that worked. And I do remember. Thunderbreak Regent. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, uh, I can't think of the Rakdos dragon that flies that gives everything plus one, plus oh, it's been a hot minute. Here, Colagon. Colagon, Thunderbreak Regent. There was uh, there was a dragon discount card, and like in it, and it worked. It was like just a dragon aggro. It topped out at like five, and that's the problem. Right? Dragons, you, you play a bunch of six to eight drops, and this one had like a, a three drop dragon, a four drop, and, a, and five drops, and just fucking went. It was oh, it was so good. Well, listen, Pat. I mean, this is a flesh and blood con- like podcast. This is, sorry, sorry. None of those terms mean anything to me anymore. I'm a, I'm a <laughs> One game man. None of those Patrick. terms actually do mean anything to me. I just, <laughs> I was, it, yeah. <laughs> I'm looking over at Adam. It's going right over his head. You Tommy, know, I know you, like uh, recent magic. Bring up, but, yeah. You bring up a good point. You may be a one uh, one game pony here, uh, but we are not. Adam, very recently we launched a new podcast uh, and uh, content space here over at the Combat Chain family of TCGs. After Turn 6, our first episode of the Marvel Snap podcast premiered uh, last week. Tell us more about Marvel Snap, Adam. Oh, um, I thought you were going to ask me. I was like, John, this bot. <laughs> no, so uh, after Turn 6 action happening. Yeah, um, it's been a blast so far. Uh, it's uh, Mar- Marvel Snap is, is great because it's the exact well there there in some ways i've felt like there's overlap between it and flesh and blood like my my experience playing flesh and blood has definitely made me a much better snapper but in a lot of ways like flesh and blood is this long drawn out platier out um experience and uh snap is is quick get in get out i'm not going to win this game i'm going to retreat move on to the next one but there's still a lot of strategy to it and it's been a blast to dive into um in part where where i had to make i didn't have to i chose to make this big sales pitch to pat when i first decided i wanted to do snap content where i was like you know what we actually i think like part of me thinks this is going to be a huge boon for flesh and blood actually there's so many people with flesh and blood who like it's their first TCG. They, you know, they didn't come from magic or something like that. And there's something about flesh and blood that appeals to a different audience than, than the magic audience. But I think, I think snap can be a, a, a gateway TCG in a, in a way, if, if you will, where, uh, you know, like a lot of people are going to get drawn into snap because it's the, uh, it, not because of it, it, it being a card game, but because, of the Marvel IP and how many people out there does like probably card gaming would appeal to them, but they've just never, they've never crossed that path. It's never crossed their path. And I think snap can be a huge way for us to, to help build, bring people over to the flesh and blood community. So as much fun as I'm having with snap, like there is a little bit of a, a nefarious plan to try to grow the, the flesh and blood community from outside sources. And I hope it works. I will say right now that if Flesh and Blood reskinned entirely of Marvel characters, I would be even more in 
right now if I could. I would be further. I would be however further in I could go, I would get there. Well, wherever like, the hilt, wherever imagine, the hilt is. Imagine if flesh and blood was exactly like, like mechanically exactly the same thing it is right now, except mm-hmm. you got to choose a, choose a hero from Marvel instead. Yeah, the, right? the player if, base would be Deadpool possibly, was chain. Yeah, oh, you, so many people. You could the the player base would probably actually be bigger than, than 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 Magic's at this point. I bet you because it's such a good game, but it also has that appeal from outside. Like part of, like up, Flesh and Blood's biggest uphill battle at this point is the fact that it's an unknown IP. Like once you get someone in, they're 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 in but it's it's getting people to buy in who've never heard of it who have, it's like why should i care and i think like this is a cool like the, the yes doing marvel snap content on its own is fun but a, a big reason i wanted to dive into it was for that for the reason of i think it can it's only going to benefit the flesh and blood community down the road absolutely if only tommy liked good things that made people happy like marvel and <laughs> and, and, and heroism and and heroics and saving the world but unfortunately it's not his cup of tea uh what is his cup of tea though i i do have to say this because pat your jaw's gonna drop the marvel movies do nothing for me oh oh god you know what fuck you both okay hey what hey listen if there's some some dc snap that comes out i'm all over it don't worry about it you know Uh, Uh, (laughs) but i will tell you if i see one more content creator Say they're going to start doing one more flesh and blood content creator. Say they're going to start doing Disney Lorcana content, which I know you, <laughs> you know you all are, are thinking about. I'm going to put it. That's 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 all Pat. That is I yeah. have nothing to do with that. Pat asked oh, me if we could do it under the combat yeah. chain brand, and I was like, you know what? Yes, it makes sense for the the purpose of furthering the brand. But there, beyond that, there are uh, look Disney Lorcana may or may not be. You know something good, but you know what? We talk about that IP. Hey, it's it's gonna happen. And um, Pat, you, know, you get a pass. You get a pass. You have children. That's okay. right. That's right. And my and I'll uh, leave it at that. My wife loves Disney, and I love TCGs. So it is. It's a perfect perfect storm fits. here. So we're uh, uh, truthfully, we need more information about it, but we're ready. We're ready to go here. I thought it's so already out. It's not. No, no, no. Fall oh. twenty twenty three. Oh, so how do they, some people they released, have cards already then? Where so they premiered the cards in in D twenty three Expo uh, mm. last year in twenty twenty two. So they had a, they had a limited edition package that was only available in person. You had to physically pick it up at the expo there. there, And, you know, it was a limited supply, and those went immediately to eBay and went skyrocketed. I understand Uh, now. So the game, it's made by Ravensburger, which is a very reputable uh, company. um, And uh, it comes out in fall of 2023. And the Lorcana uh, Twitter account said that we won't have to wait much longer here for for some more in-depth information. But, yeah, so, you know... We're not, it's not ready yet, but it's coming soon here is the uh, Combat Chain Presents a Disney or Lorcana podcast with, with the Shaws. So it's, it's happening <laughs> you know at some what? point. It's got a ring to it with the Shaws. That's got a nice ring to it. <laughs> we know, we know how you think I know how to talk. Wait until she gets on here. Um, <clears throat> all right, let's, let's get, let's get, this is, this is, this is completely derailed. It's like that 
that movie Bullet Train. Have you seen Bullet Train? I have. With, As it derails with Brad again. Pitt. Viewers oh, and so listeners oh, at home, so how good. many drinks have you had as Pat derails once this is again, right. again? This is this is the consequence of Tommy coming. Everybody's on. as drunk as Tommy now. <laughs> I was thinking about this. I was thinking about this as you were coming on. I have not given you the like the sixty minutes treatment, and uh, someday soon we're 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 gonna have to we're gonna do that. We're gonna we're gonna sit down and push. I you know you're my security blanket. I I've had I've had a rough week, and and you were coming on, and I had some plans, but. You're, you make me feel comfortable and homey and warm in my warm in my heart when you're here. I make you so. feel homey because we are homies. We're homies, yeah. <laughs> no, but you're 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 here at the right time for for this old guy. So you you get you get loose you get loose loose goose pat. I, when Zach Bunn was here, I was like, you gotta focus on the right questions. I don't have any questions for you. We just have conversation. That's all. Uh, this, speaking of conversation, third time on now. I can't remember. Third, I think it's the first third timer. Three timer. I don't. Is it three times? Is one of those times when we did the Goliath Gauntlet? Uh, no, thing. we do have another uh, one of those coming up though. They we do have announced. Goliath Gauntlet two supposed to come out. Did they announce? Announce? I know Flake put out that it's it's like ready to go. Did they put the roster out? Uh, I don't know. I know Mara's doing it because she just tagged me in something in the Buds Discord. So that's as public information as oh uh, as it can be. So, oh boy. But I'm, that should be fun. Googling. Good for Mara. Oh, here it is. The bracket is here. It is one hour ago. All right. <clears throat> Let's see here. We have, I don't know who this is. Um, Ziemba? Anybody? Ziemba? Does that ring a bell? Where where did you find the bracket? Let me see the spelling. Nine nine eight three media. Nine eight three. Gonna be um. <clears throat> I gotta go on Flake's Patreon. So Ma- Mara is facing whoever Ziemba is. I don't know who that is. I don't even know. I don't recognize is that, that Polish flag. I, uh, is it? White on top, red on bottom. You got Tarek versus Rakowski, Hamilton versus Rogers. Just getting it right out. Budinski, Budinski, Budinski. Oh, Peter. Yeah, versus Hayden Dale, Josh okay. Lau, Viet Pham. Mm-hmm. That's Nathan Crawford, Crawford. versus Iali. Yeah, that's that Briar Mains right there. Uh, Brody Spurlock versus the tall Timmy. Let's go. All right. <laughs> I see. All right. Majin Bay versus DM Armada. Oh, guaranteed a new. Uh... No, I guess not. Majin Bay would have to beat him, but that's the oh. that's the championship rematch, right? That's it. That yeah, it is. That it's interesting <clears throat> that. They have Hamilton and Rakowski meeting at the semis on the the east or the west side or whatever he called it last time. But um, Coppolo put his name in and picked himself to win the whole thing. Listen, Coppolo out there, uh, <laughs> we know you're listening. He's probably not listening, but if if we mention his name, he'll he'll chime in. But yeah, Coppolo. You know, hey, listen, we have the best of the best on this 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 bracket, and um, listen. Yeah, we're gonna have to do uh, we're gonna have to do another one here. 
Uh, excellent. Though I don't, or or we might have to find a couple more uh, people to to fill fill the gaps. I don't think uh, Abby and Abby and Jordan would want to come back. They might, but we can always get Charmer. He's the new. Yeah, yeah. I've never interacted with Charmer. He'll be on Fresh and Buds this this uh, month. Um, excellent, excellent. It's a good, dude. When does when does Rakowski's episode come out? Uh, it, if this comes out Friday, it'll be out yesterday. Awesome. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> the episode was it, great. Awesome. Is, Thanks for bringing uh, it out. Uh, I mean, if if I could use this this time to promote my podcast, I guess. Uh, this has been a, it's an exciting month of January. We've been naming it January. We had my cousin Dan on where I tried to pitch the game to him. Um, and then we have Daniel Rakowski and then we have Carolina who is a dancer. And then, um, um, and then we have Charmer nice. on and, yeah. uh, I forget you get, what you the get nice and limbered up with that stretch there. Huh? Did you? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. That, you, you can, you can blame Gary for that one. And then, uh, Charmer was, uh, a, a, I don't know, a dang cool guy or something <laughs> like that. But January is uh, in full swing right now. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, Caroline is a firecracker. It's a, it's a, she's, she's fun to have on. That was a fun episode, yeah, for sure. <laughs> that was, that was, a, that was a good one. That's another one that goes, that went, that was like off the rails, but not. And it was a good, that kind of fun little chaos is always nice to have. All right, speaking of fun chaos, in the news today, Outsiders was announced and released. And before we talk about Outsiders, just to, because we're going to bury the lead like everyone else did, Pro Tour 3 was announced as well. And we don't have a venue, but we have a date and we have a location. Uh, Pro Tour 3 is going to be played in Baltimore, Maryland, and it is the weekend of April 27th through the 30th. 200,000 USD in cash prizes on the line. Go to fabtcg.com backslash Pro Tour for more information. You know, you know what part of the competition is for 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 Baltimore? What? Once, once you get the check for the two hundred thousand, get out of the building and getting out of the building alive. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Okay. All right. All right. Okay, so that, that was why I interrupted. It was like, how dark are we going with this one? Like, I can cut that out. <laughs> hey, look, look. Baltimore is a. Baltimore is a very interesting place to to do anything. Uh, the Ravens play there, uh, which means uh, Ray Lewis uh, hung out there and he murdered people. And he's, <laughs> and, he's, and he's a he, he's a hero that we know of. Uh, but he's a hero in that town. The Wire is based out of Baltimore. Is The Sopranos based out of Baltimore? What, no. what are you talking about? <laughs> Jersey. I, I haven't Jersey. seen Baltimore. I haven't right. seen The Sopranos either. I don't know. But the wire, the wire was not exaggerating uh, anything about that city. Uh, so yeah, you know, look. <laughs> Do we just, want to air this part of this conversation? <laughs> sure. Why not? If we're trying to make uh, friends with LSS. Do you want me to chime in as someone who's been to Baltimore? Yeah, I've never Let's been to Baltimore. I've only been to the wire. It, no. It's not that bad, and and my. My bet is it will probably be in a pretty nice part of Baltimore. There's a nice part. There's a, there's a whole region called the Inner Harbor. You know, I don't know. That's where they get all the crabs. You know, they say the the only thing they got in Maryland is crabs and football. 
and it's it, pretty it's is pretty it protected close. by a moat is that why <laughs> the inner harbor it's got a drawbridge keeps, they have they the, have the, the a, i think a stellar aquarium i've been there yeah, um all right, all right. but they just had a battle hard in there not too long ago and i imagine it'll be at a similar venue and yeah i think we'll be fine folks all right we'll you heard it here first tommy has been to baltimore and has not been stabbed yeah, yeah, I am. I have the correct. I left Baltimore with the correct amount of holes in my body. And... <laughs> All that matters. All that matters. It's so, uh, I'm sure it'll be a fine pro uh, tour. I'm well. You know no what? That, that flyer. That flyer came out, and uh, my flight was booked five minutes later. I got a ping on my phone, and my wife was near me, and I went. What are we doing that weekend? She goes nothing. Here, you know, I we we've got travel going up to the 25th, and she's like, "You're you're open." I was like, "Baltimore, book me, let's go." And we did. Got got a got a cheap plate, so I'm uh, going going down there. I have no possible way to qualify for the pro tour in any capacity, so I will not I will not be in the co. I I can't even. There's not even enough to grind XP. Uh, like armories these days to actually like get into to grind. So, and my pro quest season is already shut down. So going for the weekend festivities more than anything else, going to play the calling, but I will, I will be there. How about you guys? What do you, what do you, are you guys, what do you think? Pro tour Baltimore. Yeah. Yeah. I going will to be, there? be there. Right. Even if I don't All qualify, right. I'm going. Yeah. All right. We'll get to see each other again. Very nice. It's a three-hour drive for me, so I will be there no matter what. So it's going to be. That's, that's nice. I think it'll be a lot of fun. I think it feels bad. I feel like uh, I think Hayden Dale had just posted like three flights for him yeah. to get there, and I mean, I told him it was probably less if he just goes to Newark and I pick him up. But um, <laughs> Maryland is a tough place to get to, uh, as it is. Unless you go to DC, yeah, yeah. Um, but hey, it is a, a it is a ten hour drive or a ninety minute flight, and I chose the ninety minute flight. So, uh, so I haven't looked at flights yet, be... but I've already broached the possibility of road tripping from Montreal with some of the combat chain combat chain team. Because a good team combat are chain are, are, are for some reason based in Montreal. <laughs> hey, you rascally Canadians and your flesh and blood. We also have, uh, on top of the, uh, the, the Pro Tour announcement, uh, that was tied into the Outsiders release, which is why this is the main topic of the pod. We have information we about the, the new... We did it. We got there. We got there. Uh, Outsiders has been announced, and we're going to go... We're, we're just going to... We're going to real-time the reactions here. It's not quite real time, but it's kind of like when Little Dicky freestyles on Sway. Like we know it's kind of written, but you know we're we're gonna get our reactions here. Outsiders is a standalone booster set that takes you down into the pits, a sprawling web of underground caverns and canals, home to all manner of backstabbing and skullduggery. They really, they really love skullduggery there in the pits. Outsiders is the first flesh and blood draftable set to feature multiple heroes within each class, making it the most dynamic draft experience yet. You're drafting Assassin, but are you Arachne or Azuri? You're drafting Ranger, but are you Azalea or Riptide? You're drafting Ninja, 
but are you Katsu or Benji? Each hero has their own strengths, strategies, and card preferences. You'll find yourself wanting to draft outsiders again and again to explore the depth the pits has to offer. Now, first things first, heroes. A mix of new heroes and returning fan favorites are featured in Outsiders. New heroes include Azuri, a spider operative assassin and ringleader of a band of misfits that includes a new version of Arachne and Riptide, a trap-based ranger. Now, on the main page here, there is the illustrations for uh, Arachne, Azuri, and Riptide. And Arachne has got a mask, and they're definitely cleaving some some people. There's bodies all over the place. They're they left the light on, and I, it looks like skin is on that lamp. But very you know brutal assassin type here. Azuri is wearing black tech whisperers and uh, a very nice uh, cloak. It looks like, uh, but has uh, Riptide and Arachne Huntsman with complete with the. Mask of Perdition uh, mask chilling uh, behind them. And then you get to Riptide, <laughs> a trap-based ranger. Riptide looks like he's about uh, he's, he's about 300 pounds. He's a little too much HGH. He's got heads around, uh, around his belt. He looks like he's smoking a fog cigar, and he's got a body and a hook. It doesn't strike me. As, as uh, I guess, your typical ranger. <laughs> as opposed to Azalea, who is a lithe, roguelike archer. And when you say ranger, you're like, oh yeah, that's what I think of here. Uh, so Adam, what, what, what makes Riptide the, the brute fisherman actually a ranger? And uh, yeah, <laughs> what the hell is happening with Riptide here? Well, I'm glad you asked me, Pat. I've I've thought a lot about this. And the reality is is to truly be a ranger, it doesn't necessarily mean you're you're wielding a bow and arrow. It means you're on the range. And when you think of things that include ranging, we can think of setting traps and such. And if we link that to fishermen, well, what what are fishermen, especially like crab and, and lobster and you know the uh, as as we say in French, which translates poorly to English, the 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 fruits of the sea. <laughs> we can see that the fishermen use traps, and therefore, a, a, you know, a fisherman is a ranger. You make, <laughs> I can't keep on you, make a, you make a you make a sound <laughs> argument. Look, hot dogs or tacos, fishermen are rangers. It's all the same same type of argument here. Tommy, the introduction of three new heroes, none of which are brute, even though Riptide is clearly a dock-working brute. Tell me your first in- impressions here on, on the new heroes. Um, so the new heroes I'm actually a fan of, right? Uh, I, it, is, it is kind of a slap in the face that we get this hulking ranger, but I can remove myself from my own kind of dispositions here right i look at this as an example of a way to expand the ranger class because uh, i'll be honest with you the ranger class kind of sucks and and <laughs> uh but the no, ranger I'm, class I'm does not it, suck the ranger class is misunderstood it's misunderstood and and uh i i think it's bad i think it's a little too narrow right <laughs> i think the arrow 
the arrow mechanic is cool and makes a ton of sense for Ranger, but it is also a little bit too narrow for the class moving forward. Now, mm -hmm. if you look, so I'm looking at this Outsiders like landing page um, that we uh -huh. got today. Uh, there is art, you know, like that kind of abstract watercolor art that they do uh, for for the different things, you know, in, in lore. We have Arachne. Uh, what is the, the new... Is it solitary? Uzuri, uh, Arachne, Uzuri, oh, yep. and Riptide walking away from an explosion, like badasses in a action movie. And you see Riptide; he's got some big bow on his back, right? Um, that does excite me as some kind of big bow. That you know, okay, hear me out, fellas. He is going to have arrow cards with – they're going to be like arrow cards, but it's going to be harpoons because he's a fisherman. Oh, yeah. and, and they're going to be a little bit more powerful. It's going to feel – I think Riptide – this is crazy. I know. Riptide's going to feel like a brute ranger without the, the, the brute class type. If if that makes sense, I think it's going to have like big big arrows that you know maybe maybe want aim counters for some extra. It doesn't nonsense. make sense. He's holding a massive compound bow. Yeah, it's 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 pretty cool. And then he's corrected. He's just in his character he's art. He he has like these giant hooks and stuff like that. I am as much as I wanted a brute in this 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 set. I I fully support Riptide and whatever's going on with him. My one gripe here is the introduction of Ninja as the third draftable class. Uh, we just had Ninja, uh, and as much as I love Katsu and dra drafting Katsu, and and it'll be interesting to draft decks with Benji. I almost would have said, what if what if Reinar and Ko showed up instead, uh, right? The ninjas, or I guess in this case, the ninjas are the outsiders, right? They showed up in the pits as outsiders, and mm -hmm. um, uh, at least that's what it seems like the story's going. So I, I'm interested to see where they go with it. You know, there's a lot of things that make sense between assassin and ninja. And I imagine Assassin's going to be the common uh, denominator here for, for the hybrid cards uh, that I'm sure you're going to get to. And um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's interesting. I'm a little bummed that there's no Brute. It's oh. weird that they added Ninja again. Yeah. But maybe it's because Assassin has so much to do with kind of both of those classes, both Ranger and, and Ninja. Well, both brute and and mech, right? I mean, there was a lot of anticipation for uh, a dash appearance, or at least some kind of dash adjacent mechanologist, and uh, nothing, nothing. Yeah, I'm nothing super surprised. There's like, given that the pits are right below metrics, the mm -hmm. and even the what is it that the character we see on what's the new card wreck. Uh, like re re yeah wrecking havoc wreck havoc yeah like that yeah right so very mechy very mechy right yeah mechy is that a word it is now it's in the lexicon of the combat Mech chain Mech -like. um so well, we do yeah go ahead yeah i was gonna say that while that does look mechy and like 
if you look at like Black Tech Whispers, even that looks like mechanologist esque. You know, I've uh, heard that before. I, I, guess, I guess I hadn't looked at it like that before, but I guess that's kind of like powered up boots kind of deal. You, even something like Trishot looks mechanologist-esque, right? Mm-hmm. You know, for, for Azalea. I, I think it's just it's just the fact that the pits, like you said, Adam, the pits is below the me- the metrics. Um you mm-hmm. you get a lot of leftover stuff that scavengers have to make use of. And I, as I, I personally didn't think there was going to be uh, a mech in the set, just because I think they want to save that for for the metrics set, right? Like, uh-huh. you know, because Dash is has been s- somewhat viable ever since she's been yeah. printed, and and even more so with with these got some dynasty cards, these, yeah. these dynasty cards. So I, I think that, yeah, I mean. Brute was the big one because there was a lot of stuff in the pits from the lore page that sound brutish, mm-hmm. and then yep. the 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 other the other hero we haven't gotten in a while as well as warrior, uh, though a warrior probably didn't make a whole lot of sense. So yeah. that is true. So uh, to continue on with the text here, however, not all things start out as they become, and the past always seems to have a way of infiltrating our present. A duo of wandering Mysterian ninjas threatened to trigger memories of Azuri's origin, a time and place where she didn't fit in, where she felt like dun-dun, an outsider. Uh, So we get into the actual character cards here, and the new heroes have their intellect and their their life, but the text boxes are blanked out with the outsider's logo. So we do have Azalea available, Riptide, Lurker of the Deep, and Riptide as a young hero. The adult hero starts at 38 life and Riptide at 19. And if we go to Arachne Solitary Confinement, young hero starts at 19 life. Azuri Switchblade does have, uh, as an adult hero, starts at 40 uh, 40 life and of course we know benji starts at 17 a lot of uh, a lot of that manipulation of life total uh, happening there he what do we what, what's our first reads here on on the slightly ticked down life totals of the ranger and young assassin dem traps must be real strong <laughs> you know it is something right i mean there there is something to be said that azalea as you know as she stands uh with the card pool that is there uh you know has some very disruptive potential uh there so if you're gonna add i guess even more the traps do have like they have a place not a great place at the moment but if if you're about to make them really, really good, you're you're gonna change the uh, you're you're gonna introduce a new style of gameplay, and uh, if people aren't prepared for that, the you know, Riptide can can likely do a lot of a lot of weird damage, and uh, you know that 38 makes it a little more palatable. Yeah, one thing I'm wondering is, like. How how does Ninja actually fit into all this? Like, is Katsu just wandering into town and he's the outsider? Or, like, is there a deeper story there? Like, low-key, well, I kind of feel like with the Ninja involvement, LSS really needs to make it not cheesy. They do have... So you talk about, you know, what what is their involvement there? Uh, important to note is the young Azuri has the Mysteria framework. 
on the hero card. Um, so the same as Katsu and, and Benji. So I think the implication there is perhaps Yuzuri is a uh, exiled ninja of some sort. A shogun, if you will. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> and I, I think, and I do think, like, I'm not a big lore guy. I think I recall there being something about, like, like Katsu within, like, him being Katsu the Wanderer. Like, his whole gist is he, like, wanders around cha- challenging people and something like that. Um, so I, I guess that kind of makes sense. That ties him to maybe Uzuri in some way. But I think I, part of me is, like, did LSS just feel like, oh, we need something to balance the set. Ninjas works well. Uh, let's throw a ninja. Okay. And how do we rate that in thematically, like, after the fact? I'm, I'm worried that that's the case. Yeah, you're worried that it's not a top-down approach, right? You're worried that they're like, well, we need this. How do we make it work, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I will say one thing that LSS, in my opinion, has always done well is that kind of top-down approach. And... You know, it's interesting that they're playing with, you know, I'm no lore expert either. That's why I always have Dead Summer art on on my podcast to help me with it. But uh, I'm, I kind of like the idea of a young hero with the different arts, like or a different card thing, uh-huh. whatever. What do they call it? Border? Border, yeah. No, yeah. I'll figure yeah, it out. The, the perimeter of the card, yeah, it's <laughs> border generally. Uh, and then it's switching. Now, the one thing that I'm very interested about, right, is you look at Azuri Switchblade's main adult hero art, uh-huh. and you got Arachne in it with her. And what it seems like, seems like Riptide or some other <laughs> brute-looking fella, or, or you know, it's... Uh-huh. it's it, yeah, it does, does seem like, right, Arachne and, and, uh, and Riptide are uh allied in some way to azuri switchblade but there is uh you know I, the implication being that azuri uh, started uh as a young uh potential assassin in mysteria even her card art right there's cherry blossoms there's uh you know a unique architecture to the building behind her there's that bridge there's you get that wind based you know the waterfalls that are very mysterious uh driven there katsu uh, i'm interested on the timeline as well like katsu's the leader yeah. of the, the ninja clan there and goes off like when we first meet these heroes like katsu's clan is fighting off this you know mysterious dark fog entity force that's trying to like you know that's slowly taking over and you know they can't handle it with the you know with the power that the clan holds by themselves so katsu wanders you know to go find allies so he's he's on a he's on a road to to get help right we also have we have dorinthia and bolton uh fighting for solana and uh in Morlock Hill, right, the Demonastery comes out, the cloaked figure steals Minerva, and uh, Dorinthia starts, you know, talks about kind of sounding the alarm and gathering forces. Here, meanwhile, right, um, Cheyenne sends Icelander to Volcor to talk to the Emperor. Now, Arachne kills the Emperor. Icelander was there as like an emissary of Solana in a way 
to try and recruit uh, people to to it. We have Dromai, who's kind of like a rogue at this point, and Bai, also a rogue at this point. Volcor is in all sorts of upheaval right now. Um, but in in some way, uh, you know, Azuri is going. It looks like a, a a person from Katsu's past. I don't know how. I don't know how Benji fits into any of this. Benji's just like. The, you know the way pluck, more than I do already. The pl- the plucky sidekick. It's just the scrappy do to Katsu's Scooby at this point. Um, that's all I. That's all. It's like oh, they're both here. Um, but clearly Azuri had an evolution that brought her to the pits and rose rose to the ranks as as you know a a young girl is wont to do when she's cast aside into exile she rises to power and is clearly the leader of whatever whatever gang in the pits uh, uh this is so you know that's how you change the border like that start start in mysteria end up in the pits yeah yeah i got a question for you all <clears throat> you look at this art for arachne solitary confinement is that not just a bionicle um, <laughs> that's a bionicle mask, fellow. Yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of bionicle. What? The wait, wait, yeah, the Lego There's a there's a lot of bodies. There's a lot of blood. Oh there's Jesus! A, yeah, it is totally. <laughs> I I think there's skin on the lamp. There's lamp. There's a, a, there's electronics. There's electric electricity here. Uh, the uh, arachne does look like it's carrying a spider's bite, though. Um, two of actually one of them, one of them is a straight blade. The other seems a little more curved, but there's definitely ribs being exposed into that body. Uh, arachne looks like he got they got caught at something like the camp, like someone just walked in on them mid slice, <laughs> and they're just stopping what they're doing and looking up and just making eye contact. <laughs> so whoever drew this is. About to back out of the room and close the door quietly and hope they don't notice. <laughs> so I have a question for you two. Yeah. If I'm allowed. Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> so we're looking at... Thank you. Um, <laughs> we're looking at these these heroes, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't have their text box for the mm-hmm. new ones like Riptide. I'm looking at Riptide right now. Revealed preview season March 4th, Outsiders fabtcg.com and this is ranger hero do you think now the one thing that's been missing from all of this announcement has been a talent do you think they are withholding that talent no or is this just the nobody in the pits is talented no i think uh you know we had we had a uh when you came on i think we were in the midst of a pretty passionate conversation about a lot of things but that was that was one of them right so the question becomes do you take this at face value right and if you don't are you are you expecting a swerve of some like of some type are you expecting them to pull be pulling the wool over our our head so to speak uh, in this instance, uh, are they deliberately formatting this in a way where you are led to believe that these are talentless heroes um, and they're going to they're going to swerve and add add a talent of some type uh, here? I I think we're gonna get what we get 
if if there is anything there, the hero text might have something akin to like elemental fuse ability. Like you don't have to be necessarily talented in in that respect as long as you have like you can reference a card type there and we we might see like you know that's just hero stuff at that point you can like katsu finds combo cards you know so talent no you're not going to get you know skullduggery heroes that focus on skullduggery cards but you might have the riptide might have traps that are like skullduggery traps and you know whenever a skullduggery trap enters the arena riptide you know does a thing and i i think that's good enough i think that that answers a lot of potential draft problems by not having you were not restricted um except by class here they have they have multiple rangers so as opposed to having uh you're gonna instead of having three heroes and having to like overfill with generics here you're gonna have a ton of class cards to choose from and those class cards are gonna vary so like wildly from from one another that you're gonna be able to build even within right that class framework where azalea is going to be this uh you know azalea is azalea you're going to draft arrow attacks you're going to do a thing uh there riptide is going to be trap based so will you, you can use traps in azalea right and you can use arrows in riptide but they're both their strengths are going to be two different t- things so you already have two different archetypes there and i think even uh you know tommy you had mentioned uh, either here or elsewhere, that the you know the the potential for multiple weapons here. I wouldn't be shocked to see Death Dealer and a new weapon that is a Ranger weapon that is meant for right Riptide and would be like their signature weapon for Living Living Legend um, purposes there. But uh, you know, it, you you would likely be able to use that weapon for both heroes as well. So you're gonna have a lot of like I think you're gonna have a lot of flexibility and depth potential when it comes to how you're drafting here. Um, I do like it makes sense with the ranger and it makes sense with the assassin. The the Azuri and the ninja thing is I think what throws throws this kind of through a loop because the ninja does feel lore wise they're clearly putting that in there and you know maybe they have Azuri built up to be something so you know katsu and benji are are in here it's interesting to draft benji for the first time but even then right you're gonna have combo cards and likely i don't know like uh, benji cards at that point that's what feels it feels kind of like a placeholder uh more than anything i don't know if it was like a fail safe kind of a security blanket we need three heroes let's introduce more combo i guess you know I, I don't know if they just drew something out of a hat and said ninja all right third class is ninja but um i definitely feel like the the draft experience is going to be plenty plenty deep and we're not going to be generic reliant on in those drafts the something one... worth noting here is that there's a blitz deck for each young hero that mm-hmm. will be mm-hmm. able to be played which means that there's i mean that means you would hope that means there's cards in this set that support like a whole blitz deck for each hero like which you would expect there's probably going to be some kind of 
uh, back and forth or not back and forth, like some uh, modality. I don't know. Modal cards, right? For Katsu and, and Benji, right? Uh-huh. Uh, that, that sure, it works in Katsu, but it also works great in, in Benji. And, and, and I think that would probably be the key for this limited set to be like a, a real hit. Yeah, it would be interesting to see how far they take the like the the return of Katsu and, and Benji. Like, are we going to see surging strikes and whelming gust waves, or are we going to see entirely new combo lines uh, here and take like kind of another crack at it? One thing that I, like came to mind for me as I started, because I one thing that really stuck out to me about Uprising Draft is the introduction of a token playable. Um, that that goes beyond the cracked bobble, and I'm wondering if they take that even a step further. Because like now in 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 Dynasty, we saw the Crouching Tiger, which makes uh-huh. a lot of like if that could like sneak in the Crouching Tiger as a, a token playable generic esque thing for Ninja, and then add in a token playable arrow that like maybe it's a a zero for one like it, it's not great but it's something you can interact with to make like more power like you can buff it or like maybe it's if it has an aim counter it gets plus three i don't know like it i the, the one like the fact that they're including ninja in this with the fact that we just saw a token playable get introduced in in Dynasty makes me think that they're really going to delve into the token playable, something that's accessible if you don't draft it, a lot more in draft. And if that is the case, like that on its own, along with the hybrid cards, it makes me think this is going to be an incredible draft set. Be interesting to see if they do something like a tiger or a flame with Benji around, where it'd be almost like an auto include, right there. If you have like a you know a one go again type well, of like crouching tiger already exists, so it only makes sense that that right right that that gets that that is the ninja token playable, and then right, it, right. and then it's what else oh, saying, like, exists in the set to buff. There it. is right. There's one hero where that like fits like perfectly with right you know like if you if you could fit up to three let's say if you had three flames that were just like not draconic right they're just there you just have insert one one you know one zero token uh go Mm -hmm. again things right it would just be it would make the most sense ever to just throw those three into benji because you have you have those and that's is where it fits best it's it's an unblockable card right you in three of them so whatever synergies you have on top of everything else you have you know you've got benji's hero text i'm just saying that that could present a complication in that end about um like like you already you already start with three cards for benji right in the in in this hypothetical situation if they treated it like a flame right where you can have up to three uh, you know, th- three copies or something like those lines. You just already have those cards. Like you would just count them, right? And you already have to draft less for that one hero versus versus others. Well, That's I, just where I go. 
I'm just you pissing on of, everybody's spirit, guys. Uh, you think of, of Crouching Tiger for uh, Benji. Like, yeah, the synergy makes sense there. Uh, I think of it for Katsu right away. If they think to include, like, whether uh, Mask of Momentum could see a reprint in this set, and I don't think we would see that, but where my mind goes is uh-huh. Mask of Momentum-esque effects oh. or, like, Take the Tempo type things. Like, we've seen Take the mm-hmm. Tempo. That one cares about, yeah. uh, like, multiple chain links unblocked. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And Crouching Tiger tends, like, it, it, it does feel very thematically ninja-y, and it, it, it goes down a realm of, of lots of small pokes, and I... Like I, I think, like yeah, the crouching tigers. I think I, I could see them having, if that's the direction they go, and I could see them having synergy with with all the decks in that sense, like all the ninja. Mm-hmm. It'd be interesting to see. I, I Benji gives me um, like five vibes as it is, like how mm-hmm. you build the deck. Right, you're gonna have low to the ground you know, two two attacks until the cows come home type of type of deck and go really try to like tempo heavy with some sort of big flourishy finish there. And we just and we just did that. You know? So I I mean I'm very interested to see how they how they treat ninja here. I think the wor- I think the world is their oyster for Ranger and Assassin. I get the feeling that we will be talking about those two classes for the rest of the year, you know, probably. Uh, I don't know how they how they how they go about ninja uh, in in a way that they haven't done and doesn't feel like it's recycling, I guess. Well, the question is here is just the new format, right? Introduce two new heroes and then and then kind of supplement an old non-talented mm-hmm. hero, right? It, mm-hmm. While like enhancing a a draft format, a limited format, mm-hmm. um, I guess it all depends on how Outsiders goes. But I, that seems like a kind of a oddly smart thing to do, right? Because I think we can all agree, or I would hope we can all agree that while Dynasty is really cool, um, it is, and, and like supplemental sets in general are very cool. They don't always, sometimes they supplement older heroes too much. <laughs> and sometimes they don't do, oh, they don't do jack shit. You know, it, it just, it just is what it is. It's so hard. And as, as we get more, more heroes and more sets, it's going to be impossible for a supplemental set to really accomplish what it did in like Crucible. I think Crucible is like our best, you know, uh, example of of what you can get from a supplemental set so if 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 maybe they are starting to realize that right and like okay well we can start to just supplement through our our main draftable sets this seems like a way you can do it sure it's a little bit tedious that you have to do it one hero at a time but if we get to the point we're doing three draftable sets a year it's not as bad no, and I, I like the uh, I feel like they open the door here for potential uh, like they, Arachne is a young only hero. You're only going to draft like Arachne, right? That's that's uh, you're not going to get you don't have an adult to build. So you have you have a, 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 you have an Arachne draftable with no adult counterpart here. So Arachne adult Arachne the Huntsman 
is your adult arachne hero coming through is that the shiny is that no 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 it's just oh man i can't i can't even get to an armory right now it's just (laughs) i my life is so complicated dagan just posted he's got four of them i might dm him and get one (laughs) uh we'll see we'll see uh let's keep going though i think one of the interesting parts about uh about uh outsiders is the introduction to hybrid cards Outsiders introduces new hybrid cards that can be played by two different classes. Hybrid cards enhance the drafting experience, allowing you to keep your options open. The three most iconic hybrid cards from Outsiders appear as Marvel research notes that perhaps hold the answers to the origin of the three deadly diseases that plague the inhabitants of the pits. And so we're going to take a quick look at the first uh, hybrid card introduced. Uh, the Marvel is, it really looks incredible here, but we have the Codex of Frailty. It is a yellow pitch, zero cost assassin slash ranger action. Majestic two block. Each hero puts an attack action card from their graveyard face down into their arsenal. Each hero that does discards a card create a ponder token under your control and a frailty token under each opponent's control go again that is a lot to unpack well i think first thing that i see here is well we don't know frailty is i mean well in terms of a token we know frailty is a thing uh but um, (laughs) as as an abstract concept of life and and we don't know what the new rangers do and the new assassins do right but we do know what old rangers do and not so old assassins do and i look at codex of frailty and i think this I, i would imagine this is great in in most uh most uh, ranger decks currently right get get back your um what the hell is it called uh endless arrow yeah red in the ledger right endless arrow get back your you know your your red blizzard bolt you know you play this at the end of your turn so like oh man you don't have to discard and and elemental heroes too yeah 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 this is this is this opens up a lot of doors and uh I think it's a really sweet way to kind of do the dual class thing, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's a it's a this is one of those things I think that we're potentially missing from early draft sets that make um make this closer to the complexity of like a magic limited set where right cards you could draft a card that had many uses in many different different ways and now you have you have an untalented hybrid card that can be used in in multiple and and not only right so you have you have two different rangers two different assassins Mm -hmm. right so this can go this now goes into four different uh you know different heroes now and i think that kind of openness is what we're really uh you know we've been really kind of craving I yeah think, and thinking drafters the, tell me yeah, they they're taking the idea that they did in tails right and and pushing it a little bit further mm-hmm. right because i guess technically an ice card is a ranger guardian card in tails but this expands beyond the the draft set the beyond the limited environment and um 
Mm-hmm. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, this could be so much that it it really buffs up a lot of different decks based on what they print. But it's, it's very exciting. And and the the assumption here is that it's not just Assassin Ranger. So we're gonna see uh, a Ranger Ninja card, uh, a Ninja Assassin card. Great movie, by the way. If you haven't seen it, Ninja Assassin. Oh, <laughs> fantastic. Um. And a uh, ninja. No, that's all three. Yeah, right. Assassin Ranger, Ranger Ninja, Ninja Assassin. Yeah. So you're gonna get, you're gonna get two. Ninja At least for cards. the Marvels, right? Because this Marvel does look beautiful. I, I, yeah, I it, it sounds it is, like they're gonna do more in each rarity. It does. This says the three most iconic hybrids from Outsiders will appear as Marvel research notes. So I do expect to see a lot of hybrid cards available. Uh, as part of the draft experience. Pre-release events. Grab your sidekicks and venture into the pits at an Outsiders pre-release event in a store near you. Pre-release events are running in over 1,000 stores around the world from March 17th through the 20th. Key dates. Card preview season starts March 4th in the U.S. Pre-release events in selected stores worldwide start March 17th through the 20th. Release date is March 24th. Outsiders product configuration. It is a 239 card set. There is one fabled. There is five legendaries. There is 31 majestics, 51 rares, 128 commons, 20 tokens, and three marvels. I don't know how that lines up with other previous draftable sets. I don't know either, actually. There's five five legendaries. Uh, I'm very curious to know uh, what those will be. The fables. They, ever since Command and Conquer got reprinted as a fable, just my whole world turned upside down. I don't know what to expect here in terms of the fable either. Going to be swing mass or smash a big tree. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the fable everybody wants. Um, five legendaries are exciting. You know, I wasn't even thinking about, you know, we just saw this for the first time a short time ago, but I was not thinking of a mask of momentum reprint, but you know what? That makes a lot of fucking sense. I, I don't actually think they'd go that way though. Like that mask of momentum has been reprinted in history pack. And I think. Bah. I don't think that that counts nearly enough. I don't know. I, I, the I other reason. I, oh, go yeah, ahead, Tommy. Go ahead, Adam. I was just no, saying, the other reason I don't think they'll do it because they they're like then they can't print it as a cold foil in the set. Yeah, right. They can't, can they? Well, they they can't, they can't print it, reprint it as a cold foil ever, and I think they'd want to reprint. Or I think they want to print all the legendaries in the set as cold foils. Mm-hmm. As a core intro. set. All right, all right, fine. Well, the, the mask like archetype it has still like I bet you a we lot get another of room, mask, though. Yeah, yeah, we still have like a lot of room to kind of explore in that design space of like, hmm. oh, do this, hit this many times, and and get this. You know, uh, mm-hmm. we'll get something like that. What what else does Ninja need? A generic she, chess piece? Uh, they don't have a chess piece yet. Yeah. Yeah. That's what they're missing. They have, 
They have plays in Yori. Oh, the the mirror attack, I guess. Oh, true, true, true. Um, but I'm not yeah. a huge fan of that, but they do. I think I, Ranger and Ninja could really stand to gain uh, some some blocking equipment that st- sticks around. Like, uh, how about this, guys? I mean, I, this is this is something that just popped into my head. Ranger, Ninja, and Assassin all don't have equipment pieces. What if we have Ranger, Assassin, Ninja, chest piece? Like a tri a tribrid, or <laughs> just or just a generic? Well, no, no, only those classes can play it because they're they're already saying hybrids. I think. Right, hybrid equipment to go with it. I could see like ninja. Yeah, I could see those. There's overlap across those classes. I could like thematically. I could see totally relates to the pits or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, all right. Let's hire me. I buy it. I buy it. Uh, Sixteen cards per pack. Uh, That must include the token, I guess. Right. Yeah. Uh, 24 packs per display, four displays per case, designed for booster draft, sealed deck, and constructed play. Contains cold foils, MSRP per display, one uh, 109.90 USD, and uh, map is MSRP less 20% in US and Canada. Inflation's hidden fab. Uh, Blitz decks, Blitz configuration, 40 card pre-constructed deck and hero weapon and equipment cards. Six decks per display, one of each hero, four displays per case. Makes makes the purchase a lot easier for me. I'm just going to get a display of booster, of, of blitz packs. Uh, designed as a fun and fast way to play flesh and blood. Perfect for kitchen table gaming. MSRP, $11.99 USD. Well, here's something, fellas. 20 tokens... So if you count the heroes, that is one, two, three, four, five, six young plus one, two, three, four old. That's ten. You get ponder frailty. We have eight more tokens. Uh so that would leave room for eight weapons. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Though I'm sure it's one. Yeah, probably only six weapons and maybe two something else. What are we getting? Oh, no. I'm also thinking about... The, it's interesting as a draftable set with the 16-card pack configuration with two of those being token. That only means 14 playables again as well. Just like Uprising? Just like mm. Uprising. And that was, a, that was one of the biggest complaints of Uprising was that there aren't enough cards in the pack. You're forced into your selection too soon. So the hybrid cards, I think, do lend to that in, to, in a part because... You can make picks later because your card can be played in one or the other. Um, but it's still like the hybrid cards are still good. It's it's going to be like the like the, the the draconic cards in Uprising, where yes, there were draconics that could be played in both Phi and Dromai, but yet some lent more to Phi and others lent more to Dromai, and it's going to be you're still going to be fighting over this card. So at the end of the day, I think fourteen cards is still going to be not enough. Very interesting. Very interesting. It does have. I mean, it on its face, it seems like a very. Uh, it has a potential to be a really 
positive draft experience uh, there with with just how wide open it can be. It'll be interesting to see. I mean, is it is that definitely like a, as a fourteen card pack? Is that a hundred percent like how that works? It's sixteen minus two is fourteen. Yes. I'm saying the two tokens. I guess is yeah. That... It's it's two token. I believe I read it's two tokens again. Let me. I think they want to because they want to keep the um, thing they did I, in Uprising want, where the cold foil the cold is, foil is, is not the draftable. Back. Yes, that's yeah. what it is. Is It's yeah. because the cold foil is yeah. in the back and it's not draftable, so it has to be two. Fair so, fair enough. It, but you know what? If To go back to the concept of token playables, if they expand on the token playable concept in this, in this uh, set, if it's more than just... Like... Like if if it's expansive enough that like every hero gets to use it to some extent, then I think the fourteen card pack could be fine. It's just the, mm-hmm. it, it needs to be a Phoenix, Phoenix Flames are a move in the right direction, but they and and same with the Miter, but they only like Phi was the only one playing the Phoenix Flames, so it was fine for. And I guess in at the end of the day, Phi was the hero that was easier to support the majority of the pool, so it it probably was fine but it just i don't think it was enough at the end of the day people with the, the hot takes all over the place loop dupe uh so three of a kind predicted uh, the marvels of the outsiders if you look at the art at three of a kind what yeah I'll just let that digest for a second as you take a looking oh my god I no, nah, I don't buy that. Hey, look, just saying they they look pretty pretty gnarly. I mean, don't get me it's cool, but I don't. I wouldn't say it's a predictor. So outsiders, outsiders, <laughs> a lot of a lot of potential here. Um, I think as we round the bases here, hey, Elo got updated. Uh, oh. I woke up, I looked at it, and went back to bed. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not... <laughs> Elo is such a complicated conversation uh, to have with people. So Adam, you you are on you you grumbled, right? Tell me tell me what Elo means to you and why looking at it had such a negative context for you. Is is because like for me, it's just I. I have no qualms with the Elo with the Elo system. At the end of the day, I'm just I my groan is more frustration with myself because like it's just I, from an Elo perspective, I was probably better off not playing Worlds than. Yeah, like, but who's who's going to make that decision? I mean, do you do you not go to Worlds to preserve Elo? Is that, that's is a, that yeah I. Like is is that a decision one makes? Is that the right decision I'm, for you to make? I'm so not saying I, I'm not saying I'm, you're making the wrong decisions no, here. Like I'm, curious I'm just curious see, about the thought process. So for, yeah, for me, hundred percent, I'm not gonna let Elo stop me from competing. Um, that that's just counterproductive. It's just like you you if you're gonna take that approach, you might as well just never play because you could always put your Elo at risk. Like. You start with 1500 ELO, you might as well just never play and stay at 1500 ELO and you can just say you have a perfect lossless record, right? If you're going to if you're going to look at ELO from that perspective, but ELO like the, the, I'm curious to see like for me where some some misunderstandings about how ELO works and would be applied at the beginning have left me in a position where I have a lower ELO than I t- 
technically should have. Um, okay. All right. I like, I, I'm just, I feel now I'm constantly fighting to try to catch up. Like, mm-hmm. and, and it's a whole long story behind why my ELO's messed up, but, um, I, yeah, at the end of the day is it, I made some really good progress with nationals this year and with, uh, with pro tour two. But then Worlds just kind of, I, I, I lost all that progress. And so where I'm curious moving forward is like how, like I, I do think, I don't think XP is an adequate system for professional ratings by any means. And I don't necessarily, like I, when people get frustrated about XP invites, I get it. Like, especially lifetime X invites, because like me as somebody who just got into the game at the right time and was able to play a whole bunch, am so far ahead of people who are probably are better than me, but who could never catch up feasibly as long as I just keep playing at a reasonable pace. Yeah, that that's discouraging. But I I guess then then with Elo, it, it's it's the contrary where it's like if you want to maintain some sort of professional. Uh, proficiency but you have a bad event and you, you you fall behind in elo like you get punished for that and so i i get where people are coming from that it's like is it worth the risk of the elo because i i you know they they want to be relevant in the pro scene and you know you're gonna have bad events and like how does that factor into your your overall ranking your potential to get invites like um i'm just curious to see how elo is going to be applied moving forward because of those things like at at what point like where do we decide that we're going to switch from you know xp rankings xp rated invites to elo rated invites at what point is that fair and acceptable at what point have we seen enough events that elo is kind of leveled out and everybody is in their in theory is is where they actually like they it's relative to what their 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 skill level is and not just they've only been able to attend two events and one of them they did well in but the other one they did poorly in and you know what i mean it seems like there's uh, the people who are. I see a lot of conversations that are based around um, establishing Elo, preserving Elo, and then justifying the not playing. And I guess that's the part that kind of baffles me. Because in my. Oh, I'll never just. I'll never condone not playing. Like, that just defeats the purpose, you know? Right, and it does, and that's where I think I get I get confused. And not saying that you you are you you are not in fact refusing to play, um, but there are there are people out there who are going, oh, you know, my Elo. I guess I guess I'm not doing ProQuest season, uh, you know, this month, and that's the part that is it it does not compute. I I guess because it seems like. It seems like that there is, uh, like, people get high ELO from spiking an event, right? I look at someone like, I, I take Fino Black as an, as an example of, you know, his his ELO score going into the calling Indianapolis 
uh, as far as I know, was not felt like it, not the highest. But he hadn't played in this type of level of event. And he he went he got second in the calling Indianapolis. And when Elo updated, he's like top ten in the world at that point. You know, somewhere thereabouts. Uh, and you know, it seems like those who are able to do that is that seems to be more of the driving force in obtaining and then retaining these value points here is whether or not so like you can you can go like right now without anything hypothetically i go to baltimore to the calling right and win it my elo in constructed presumably would be in the top 20 you know whatever whatever it is it's just the nature of winning that event and winning 12 rounds at a rated event as high as the calling you know uh against against the people that you're fake but you could have like you could have a flatlined uh elo as far as i know you might not maybe not flatline but you know you're not zero but you're if your base is 1500 mine's I don't, I don't i don't know what mine is I ruined a bunch of people's lives in U.S. Nats. I know that by, <laughs> by simply showing up. <laughs> um, but like, right? I, I there's no mechanism in place to gain Elo. I think like satisfactorily over time, excepting for the continual pursuit, right, of the victory in these large large events. People are using their Elo as kind of a consolation for not winning but it it just seems like that pursuit is is all that really like as long as you are pursuing your elo shall be where it where it should be if you're if you feel like your skill level is there that's my two cents on elo <laughs> if you <laughs> i don't i don't get why why you would not play in a pro quest to preserve your elo i guess is where 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 it all ends uh tommy do you know your elo score yeah i looked i mean listen the only elo i'm concerned about is electric light orchestra <laughs> and, and you know what i mean i uh, it, it's i think people stress a lot about it and i get it i get that you're stressed about it and 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 you you want to know and and, and and how important it is, but I still think we're so early into its process that we don't have we don't have an idea of the fully realized version of it, if that makes sense. I think we're still like a maybe a year or two away from enough events and enough data to really make Elo a fully realized method of 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 maybe talent or 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 qualification or whatever uh so well i understand people are 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 nervous about it and 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 anticipate it i think i think it's worth i mean well it's definitely worth noting that it it has no ties to your own self-worth but it has no ties to your own your own uh ability in the game right currently eventually uh we will all be numbers now um (laughs) but no eventually eventually it will be like a real real thing and and i don't think it is the real thing yet um hence i mean i don't know what they're doing for this pro quest or pro tour season 
um, if they're going to look at XP. But as long as we're still looking at XP, that means ELO is not where we need it to be, if that makes sense. I yeah, think- I think that seems to be the, the consensus here is that, you know, once, right, at XP, XP good until enough ELO, then ELO, probably the way, way to go about these things. And yeah, Tommy, you're right. Like the the system hasn't existed long enough to be fleshed out at this point. Um, when or they, like, blended. I like as I'm just uh, as we're chatting about this, I'm just kind of scrolling through the leaderboards. And one thing I'm noticing, though, and this is like this is in part my own experience, but I think in part the the experience of a a lot of talented players who've had maybe like one bad event, like. To to for somebody who does care about Elo to to put into perspective the so if I go back to the the decision of whether or not to play worlds, um, from an Elo perspective going into worlds, I was actually one of the higher like I was on on the higher part of the ratings for Canadian leaderboards. Coming out of worlds, one event, I'm in the bottom 200 now and in fact i'm below people who haven't even played the game before um like they're they're or played it at a pro level like they're they have a rating because anybody who makes a, a profile regardless of if you have pro ambitions or not you get an elo at this point and maybe that's part of the issue is maybe you shouldn't just be automatically put into maybe you need to qualify for a pro event and maybe because like right now part of the problem with the elo, elo leaderboard is there's thousands of people on it but you like thousands of people can't qualify for f- for a pro event and if you have like coming out of of worlds i'm in the bottom i i uh, for constructed 4612 for limited 7575 like it's so low and it's there's so many people like just and this is like a, just a couple points different puts you in in those multiple of thousands of down or up in positions uh the like the point people are trying to make is like playing worlds and having a bad event was so punishing to their elo score that mm-hmm. it's like it, it wasn't worth it like now it, you're in a position where it's like will you be able to catch up like the and the, the the multiplier for for like a pro quest versus what like yeah the people who are worried about losing elo at a pro quest if they have good elo their elo is so far ahead of somebody else that the the multiplier at a pro quest like you're 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 gonna notice a change of like five ten elo but it's when it's losing one match you lose fifty plus elo that or here let me yeah, let me get you an actual figure of like some elo I lost from one. Where's my, here it is. Like we're talking losing 30 ELO at a time, which is fine if, if the, the player pool is saturated by the thousands. And if we, you know, maybe you have to, qual- like I said, qualify for a, a pro event or, you know, register for a pro account or something. I don't know. Um, but there's just there, the, 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 the swing of ELO with the amount of people it becomes impossible to 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 stay competitive if you have one bad event. It's like you can just never lose. It is kind of the way the system feels right now. Mm-hmm. Well, like, so like competitive, how what what is stopping you from playing in the next event? How does you 
How does ELO stop you from so playing So let's say hypothetically tomorrow, they say, or let's say hypothetically for this pro tour, they say we're only awarding invites based off ELO and coming first in a pro quest. So oh. now if I don't come first in a pro quest, that's it. My, my pro career until I manage to qualify for a, or my attempts at, you know, going mm. pro or remaining pro are, are gone. That, that's the, it is. I, I was on a good swing and then worlds comes along and you know, it's one bad event and now I'm out of that, uh, out of that circuit it is kind of, I think how a lot of people feel. I don't buy it. Well, no, so, I just, well, but, like, well so, I mean the, pro, so I, I could understand that if that were the case, right? Like, but if we, we, we aren't going to wake up tomorrow and, have You're a solely right. hero based system right that that would come with warning and uh it would be set up in such a way that people would know well ahead of time and if that were the case then i i i get it i full i i fully get it not wanting to screw up your 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 elo at that point because it does in fact you know hold a, a lot of weight here and i just for for full transparency my uh, my elo's dog shit i don't know what i'm talking about so <laughs> for me to tell say to pull up your britches and and play despite what your elo says um i'm just i'm talking completely out of my ass but it's a it's a conversation my elo is 1529.14 i'm rank 1332 your elo is much better than mine <laughs> You're I went thirteen. Okay. I I play. I went seven and four in rated construction constructed in one or in two events, U.S. Nats and calling, and I won on average twenty Elo per per game because I that was the first rated event uh, that I played it. So I, I I joked about being a nightmare for people that I faced because when I beat them, I ruined their Elo. Every time. <laughs> so, yeah, it's. And, may, you know, what? maybe what, an idea that comes to mind, too, is maybe part of the. And actually, and I, I, I'm spitballing without knowing enough about the butterfly effects of what some of these changes could make. Um, I wonder if maybe if we rated tier two events a little higher and tier four events a little lower. Like, so you don't get punished as hard if you have a bad a bad worlds or a bad pro tour but mm -hmm. you are able to grind a little more elo out of you know battle hardens and pro quests sure I well i think right, if, if elo becomes more accessible in the in the big picture i think it eliminates a lot of the uh um I think a lot of the issues that would come, right? If you if you cut it off today and said Elo Elo is the only way you get into the Pro Tour, your your list of eligibles just plummets. You're not going to have you're not going to have players in the in the Pro Tour at that point, so you can't uh, there. But uh, and given that now, right? You have you have more rated events, but those those lower ones are not rated in such a way that you'll you can be the top 100 in the world and constructed by playing whatever's right yeah. uh all day right you can't it's not going to happen so you still need uh an avenue 
for that to for that to happen to your point of right if you boost the multiplier for elo so that you you can actually win right if you win a pro quest or multiple right if you if you do the grind on pro quest season and play your three to six pro quests and even if you don't top you gain enough elo to at least be in the conversation of qualifying if you do more or whatever then you know if you can pro quest and calling and do whatever your elo then would be up enough where you could qualify for a pro tour then then you're talking right but i don't think it's there yet yeah yeah i might get like at the end of the day my guess is given because if we like looking at it logically last year we had two pro tours and one and obviously there's only gonna be one world's and being that the two pro tours went invites went to top 100 versus that world's little rate, you know, they held it a little higher and invites went to top 50. This year, there's only one pro tour in worlds. My guess uh-huh, is it's going to uh-huh. be top 50 across the board. That'll be interesting. All right. I'm in. You're in, right? You're in. <laughs> no, I'm looking, I'm right. looking at my ELO right now and it's, it's not good. Tommy, we have uh, we have kept you here far too long. Uh, We've dragged you kicking and screaming. We appreciate you staying here. I know that we've gone. We're I don't know what the what the time is right now in terms run uh, what the runtime is. It's got to be ridiculous. We're at like 107 minutes. Yeah, there's we've got no business being that long. (laughs) I'll Um, try and trim some fat. We'll see. Um. All right, Tommy. We've talked. We've talked about outsiders. We've talked about Elo. Uh, we've talked about Pro Tour. Let's uh, let's make sure that you have your platform here to plug uh, all the stuff that you plug. Go go for it. Well, thank you for having me on. It's always a, a real pleasure. Um, it's just hanging out with some buds, and that's that's what it's all about. And mm-hmm. speaking of buds, I have two podcasts. Uh, one is Fresh and Buds. It's a weekly podcast that I'm now doing video for, which is crazy because I saw you know, it's nice to see a smiling face uh, while you talk. I think we need to hop on that uh, video train, Pat. Unfortunately, I don't know. Yeah. That's unfortunate. And everyone's it's just, it. We can't not. Yeah, I think you're right. I think, I think right. you know. I have to get off my old man like soapbox. I had to realize, like, people do listen and watch on YouTube, so I might as well give them a, an old twinkling eye, a nice little smile. So, yeah, uh, Fresh and Buds is, is humming and dinging over there. We had some great episodes. I mentioned them earlier. Um, I, I, I do implore people to check out the episode I do with my cousin Dan where I pitched this sh- uh, the game to him. He played Magic with me for many, many years, and I've been trying to get him to play Flesh and Blood, so I felt... Like I should do a whole like like a use it as a blueprint for your friends that 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 don't play and you want to play and uh, hopefully it works. I'm trying to get them to go to Battle Hard New Jersey this weekend, but um, <laughs> a whole bunch of stuff going on and the Bud Rush Bellow that I do with Mr. Viz, you know him as Gary, the guy with a weird viscerai waifu pillow. We do it live 9:30 Eastern on our YouTube. And we, it's a, a lot sillier of a show. We roll scab skins. We do stuff like that. And, and it's a lot of fun. And we interact with chat because it's live. And, and, and that's a lot of fun. And um, I am starting a new YouTube thing. 
<clears throat> uh, I'd hopefully be out a few days after this show comes out. I'm going to, if anybody is familiar with Weekend Update from uh. SNL, <laughs> I will be doing a show. I think this is a title in the works, but it sounds right. It's like uh, Flesh of Blood this week. And I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you the news in 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 my lens, and I I hope I hope it I hope it's not right. the worst thing right. I've ever I put out. Coming but... on as drunk uncle. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, there will there will be surprise guest appearances and 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 whatnot. So I'm very excited for that. And you know we have a, I mean a ton of news already, and and we're gonna have the first weekend of ProQuest in Battlehard, New Jersey, to kind of. Play off of that, and yeah, you can find me on Twitter at FreshBetsPod, join the Buds Discord, and all that fun stuff, and thank you guys for having me. Thank you, Tommy, for coming on here. You can find the Combat Chain. We are on YouTube. You can find us if you search. uh, You can find us at the Combat Chain on YouTube. Be sure to like, subscribe, and click the bell notification to know when the latest episode of this uh, or the after turn six podcast is uploaded uh we are available on all audio platforms wherever you stream your podcasts best way to support us is through our patreon you can find us at www.patreon.com backslash the combat chain and you can subscribe to us there helps tremendously to keep the lights and mics up and running if you want to just support the pod or get a shout out on the podcast or even exclusive access to our team testing channel sign up on the patreon today uh, and with that shout out perk, we'd like to shout out Clark Jansen as our uh, shout out. He, he's uh, our tier three patron. And here's your shout out. Bud. Thanks, buddy. Uh, so we did. We, it was revamped. It's relaunched. We reset the whole thing. Uh, so we're happy to have one. But if you feel like you like what we're doing here and would like to support us, please consider going to the Patreon and uh, in supporting us in one of those tiers. Um, and I think that is, uh, is that going to do it for us, Adam? Am I missing anything? No, but I just realized I forgot to plug the Patreon in our last episode of Snap because uh, that's all right. That's all right. I was like, I knew I'm forgetting something, but no. Here of course, we, uh, we uh, you can find us on Twitter uh, at the Combat Chain oh, on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> you can find us on Twitter at the Combat Chain on Twitter. You can find myself at Pat Smash Good, and you can find Adam at Fomtulery TCG. And I think that is going to do it for us this week. Tommy, do I need to tell you what we're going to do here? No, not at all. All right, are you? You can't. Nope. You can't. <laughs> <laughs> Stop it. Stop. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Uh, Until next week, we're closing the 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 combat chain. (laughs) Combat chain. I wonder if anybody's made it this long in this episode. (laughs) It's a good one. Who gives a fuck? It's a good one. I hope they laughed with us. I laughed. I had fun. It's a comfortable. It's a comfortable conversation.
Thank you.